the December and final episode of 2021 of Anne and Steve Talk Stuff. Somehow we've gotten to the end of this year where we're still talking about 2020 as if it's yesterday. And uh, 21 is about to be over, but um, we do want to go into the final part of the year and into next year with some fun. So we're bringing some fun today, Steve, aren't we? Oh, yeah. When you need fun, look look for an economist. We are um, <laughs> the most fun people. You're on speed dial on my phone. Yeah. And Steve, of course, is the economist. Oh, I forgot to give her a tagline. The Anna Steve Talk Stuff Show, where an economist and an artist walk into a podcast to talk about strange things that make the world go round. You have already clarified, Stephen, you are the economist in question. And I am the, the, the artist Merchant of Crack. Merchant of Crack. Yes. And I'm just an artist who signed, who dots I's and crosses T's. Um, to be honest, I do so much of that. And... Um, there a huge amount of uh, the arts life is the same as any job because life is let's say ninety eight percent admin no matter what you do. Yeah, I mean I think you know everything has its overhead, right? So you know everything from from I think a, a large amount of of why the tax system works actually is because it abstracts a lot of the complexity away from you. You would produce a rabidly right wing um population if you forced everybody in ireland to do their taxes in the same way that a self-employed person has to do it um because not because it's terribly complex but just because it's a massive ball ache so in america you have to do your taxes it's a it's a big thing right and and they could do it for you i mean the revenue commissioners does it for us but you know then the, the money just disappears out of your account before you've even you even get it in the paycheck right and mm. you just kind of go okay fine and then you you don't really think about it because you never saw it in the first place if you actually had to earn the money keep it in a bank account and then pay it at a certain point in a year i'm telling you no one in the country would be would be uh, up for the idea of of increasing taxes for anything. Um, you, you would just because of, just because of the sheer uh, ball ache of of, of doing um, uh, that well, work, which hopefully you know we can um, we can improve with technology. Well, the the thing is, um, as a self employed person who does my own taxes, it is that thing of you get to the end of this horrific experience if you aren't into it, and a lot of people I know are they have the brains for they get a kick out of making i don't know balancing books or doing a, a sum um it's not my favorite thing at all and at the end of it what do you have a bill so it's like oh great thanks but that said uh we did talk about bringing the crack and i mean taxes mm, close close to the crack but uh i thought instead well you thought um maths would be yeah. more crack. <laughs> People are like, how quickly can I turn this thing off? <laughs> oh my God. So as someone yeah. who, like, I'll be honest, yeah. I, I, I don't like to be a cliche who's like, I'm an artist, I'm not good at maths. I mean, most of my life is maths. I was just only this morning working on, um, I'm doing a school show. And I mean, auditioning 60 kids and then trying to figure out where to put them and how to do it is mainly maths the, the artistic part of it is pretty small you're just trying to figure out how to include everyone and where to put them and uh yeah so much of of, of <laughs> inadvertently i was like when i leave school i'll never use maths again and i just use them all the time um because they're part of life and they're hugely part of life but 
my uh yeah so that was my feeling when I left school I was like throwing a match over my shoulder I'm done with you um no it's not true there's no there's no getting away from them um but you're you would have a different attitude to maths than than I would and you have we were going to talk about some exciting things in the future regarding maths and and then some other stuff yeah, I mean, I think what 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 is interesting is the kind of maths that you inevitably end up using, right? So, you know, people go, oh, you know, I'll never use these, uh, the I'll never use calculus again, and then like jump into a car and, and accelerate somewhere where like literally they're using they're using calculus in their minds to not crash into cars the whole time. <laughs> they're like, his rate of change is is greater than my rate of change. If I don't get out of his way, he's going to sl- slam into the back of me. Okay, that's not good. You know, so, so I think we, we, we naturally live in a world of, of, um, of maths. And, you know, like when, you know, we are now talking through the internet, which is mm. essentially I'm talking to you through space, right? So, so this is being beamed up on a satellite somewhere, which is bouncing off another satellite, which is like landing, I don't know, in Tajikistan, and then it's like zipping around somewhere. And, and all that basically only works because of the theory of relativity which only works because a, a mad lad called Riemann came up with an idea about how to bend paper in an interesting way. I, I love the thing I love most about maths is the fact that it connects seemingly unconnectable things. Um, there's a guy called John Nash and Nash lived um, in the 19, he, well, he, he died in 2015, but he, he lived, he was one of the greatest mathematicians of the 20th century. And um, his whole PhD in and at Princeton um, was like 15 pages long, which is, you know, ridiculous, even for mathematics. Uh, that's a ridiculously short PhD. He uh, defined in a, a, in a two-page paper something called the Nash Equilibrium, which is a, a beautiful idea. And the idea is, how do I know that you know what I know? It's absolutely brilliant. And it's, 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 um, he got the idea, he got the idea by swishing a coffee cup around. Like it's so crazy when you think about it, but they're all connected. It's it's a it's something called a fixed point theorem. Anyway, the the the, the fun thing about the Nash equilibrium is that it find it 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 it, 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 it very neatly encapsulates a way for us to think about strategic thinking in the other person. It, it has probably stopped nuclear war because it's been used as a way of trying to understand how um, how foxes and how rabbits behave you know because they're in they're actually strategically the fox is trying to eat the rabbit the rabbit's mm-hmm. trying to eat the grass and get away from the fox they're, they're strategically connected to each other um and russia and, and america you know they could blow each other up but they're strategically connected to each other what's the actual what's called nash now the nash equilibrium the balance point between them and um uh, nash he came up with that's that was only a two-page paper and was only his phd he was like 22 he came up with, with two other amazing things um, called, uh, they're called the embedding theorems. And it's, it's about, a uh, theorem is just a, it's just a statement. It's a, it's, a, it's a statement about the world. And it turned, it, it's all about how you, again, crumple a bit of paper. How do you represent the crumples, right? Mm. It's so, but, but, but it turns out that it like explains massive things about, you know, gravity and also how the market functions and like everything. And that's mm. why I really, really love it. The other thing I think is amazing is, is about how modern mathematics is so different to what you think. So in movies and that, and by the way, there is a movie about John Nash called A Beautiful Mind. He spent oh, about 30 yes. years of his life. Um, 
um, with significant uh, mental illness. And the, the, the movie is amazing in that they managed to get everything wrong. Like everything, <laughs> yeah. absolutely everything. There's not a single thing in the movie that's right. Like, yeah. like I left the movie, you know, my wife was like, oh my God, wasn't that so great? I was like, you know, <laughs> you go punch Russell Crowe, who I loved in Gladiator, but I just wanted to murder him with an ax at the end. It's just it, everything in the movie's wrong. Hmm. Literally, like there's not a thing in it that's right. You know, yeah, yeah it's the, oh. I, I know I've, I've I listened to yeah. um, reviews or read reviews of it oh, you did? quite recently. So I, when you mentioned it, I, I suddenly connected. Oh yeah, that yeah. guy, it, that movie that really doesn't in any way portray who he was or anything. And yeah. In, in no way. Um, the, the only, the only thing they get right is the idea that he, he, Nash won the Nobel Prize in economics for his two page paper. That's how deep his contribution was. But wow. actually, what he really should have won, because he, was, he wasn't an economist, he was a mathematician. He should have won something called the Fields Medal. So the Fields Medal, is, is it's only given to every, every four years to a mathematician of, of, of genuine genius uh, who has advanced the uh, um, uh, of science and mathematics, and they have to be under 40. And so Nash was just, just incredible, utterly incredible. Um, but he didn't win it. Um, and, and looking back, mathematicians who have won the Fields Medal have said not one, not two, but three of his major ideas are individually worth the Fields Medal. That's how deep his contribution is. Like the Nash equilibrium is basically, you know, you know, biology, economics, international relations, all these kind of areas have used his concept, but they're not even the biggest ones he came up with. And remember, let's he, make a movie yeah. about a pretend. Uh... Man, woman, and child. He sees wandering around in his. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so bizarre. So bizarre. And I, I'm, um, and also the like. I think the actual relationship of Nash with his wife Alicia was much more interesting. She, so you know the way, like, she stuck by him in the movie. Like she divorced him. <laughs> she ditched his. <laughs> she just. She ditched his ass. But then, like, she couldn't get rid of him, so she just left him in her basement for twenty <laughs> years. Like it was crazy. Like it's actually. You know, you could you could easily you could easily tell the story of John Nash through the eyes of his amazingly long-suffering wife. You know, and they got back together, and then when in 2015, so in 1994, I believe it was, he won the Nobel Prize. So that gave him a, like he didn't win it alone; he won it with two other people, and um, uh, they, that's like a million dollars. So okay. he got like some money; like he'd he'd been penniless for years before that. And then uh, a couple of years later, he, then he began winning like prizes all over the place and getting money for lectures and this. So he was like pretty secure, but he won something called the Abel Prize, um, um, which is a bit like the Nobel Prize, but it's not unlike the Fields Medal in math. It's actually for people who are super distinguished, like, you know, dudes in their seventies and whatever. Um, and he won that. And on the way back from, that's like a million bucks as well. So like, you know, financially secure for the first time in his life, despite the incredible contribution he's made to, to knowledge. And, and then on the way back from the award ceremony, Nash and his wife died in a car accident. Oh my God. So there's just, there's so much tragedy in the man's life. It's like, it's really extraordinary. Like, you know, and he, he has incredible highs and incredible lows, which is why I think he makes for such good television but you know a real the real story of his life would have been yeah it would it would it would have been vaulting ambition 
a genuinely deep genius. And then just, just, you know, uh, yeah, his, his, um, his son was equally brilliant at maths and, um, uh, unfortunately developed the same mental illness that he had, you know? And, uh, so it's, it's both sad and wonderful at the same time because his ideas, the great thing about mathematical ideas, unlike almost every other kind of thing in the world, they are permanent in a way that literally nothing else is. Think about Pythagoras, right? So everybody listening to this, you're like, oh, the fucking triangle guy. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> he, he, he's, his idea, his idea, you don't even need to like know the name of Pythagoras. You, I mean, we all probably will like, but in 5,000 years, that thing will still be true. The, mm. the pyramids will be dust and we'll all be fucking self-intelligent robots, you know, um, uh, living, you know, living on Mars. Pythagoras will still have his theorem. The Riemann hypothesis will still be a thing. Fermat's last theorem will have been solved by Andrew Wiles. And um, the story that we're going to talk about today will have been sorted. So, so I go, want, go tell, yeah. tell us what we're talking about today. So I want to talk to you about why, this. Why yeah. should we be, sorry, why should we be excited? And so why should we be excited? There's yeah. this geezer, right? His name is Peter Scholz. And he's a, he's a mathematician at the University of Bonn. He's 28 years old, and he is one of the world's greatest mathematicians. Um, he, is, he is a genius in the, in the sort of John Nash level genius. And we, we tend to forget, I think because we romanticize the past, um, romanticize the past, um, you, we, we tend to think, oh, you know, things were better in the past. And th they aren't. If you could pick any year to be born, you would pick 2021. And the reason is you will live longer than anybody born previously. On average, you'll be um, healthier. You'll be wealthier. You'll be wiser. You will have the advantages of all the previous years of development and growth. And things will genuinely work out better for you. We live in a, an era where inequality is falling between countries, where life expectancy is rising, where on average, more people do more interesting things for longer with their lives. They experience sickness for less of their lives. You know, uh, we're talking right now about a new variant uh, called Omicron, um, about uh, COVID. And the reality is like, we're gonna have a vaccine for that faster than any other vaccine has ever been created before. Hmm. You know, they're talking about, oh yeah, it'll be early next year before we have a vaccine for it. Like early next year is literally two months away. Mm, yeah, We're recording this on the 2nd of December. I predict by the end of February, we have a full vaccine for Omicron. Like the world has never, it's never been better to be a human. It's probably never been better, been, been worse to be the environment. Fair. Yeah. It's like, yeah, thinking, we, yeah. Well, we, you'll have nice weather if you hang yeah, around Ireland long yeah, enough. Yeah, you'll be lovely and you'll be, you'll be cooking, you know, um, as long as you're not flooded. But like, I don't want to sound like a techno optimist, but I, I think when you get abstract away from the headlines, you look around and you go, things are just unbelievably good. 
They really are. And I mean, that's not to say things are amazing and everyone's having a deadly time and we're all living our best lives, you know. Um, but on average, if you were to say, wh which time period should I take my chances in? Now has to be the answer. So all of which is a, is a, is a kind of a weird rant to bring me back to, to Peter Schultz. Uh, who's a genius mathematician. And what he does is he does something called topology. Hmm. And that's the, the, the study of surfaces, like a, like a flat surface, like your table or a mountain range, or maybe okay. like, a, um, like a time series or something, right? So something that's really bouncy, right? So like think about a donut. They all, people always, these topologists, they love talking about donuts because they all think we're thick, but like, you know, oh, you know, they like donuts, but it's a topological space, right? A donut's a really interesting topological space. You've got like a spherical thing and a, you know, a, a gap in the middle. And it's, it's kind of interesting. Anyway, um, and so uh, he's got this thing where what Schultz wants to do is replace um, uh, a topological space, which says, here is where all the points that make up the donut are with what's called a condensed set, right? So he's what he's trying to do is he's trying to imagine that the donut is compri comprised of infinite amounts of dust. Okay. Right? Um, and sort of see what happens. Anyway, so Charles is, is, is writing this stuff and it's like super cool, right? The maths are super cool and it's very amazing. And I, I don't understand half of it, but it's what, what's lovely about it is you can just see this like massive thing opening up as a fan of like i'm just a fan of maths i'm a fan of looking at this stuff you can just see this massive field opening up in okay. front but he's just opening it up for us do you know the way in the same way that Ma that nash opened up the nash equilibrium and it opened up game theory and it opened up everything else for us this is just he's just going to clear away the curtains and we're all going to go oh jesus there you go like mm. like in in mit in the 1950s three dudes were working away on something called a manifold problem and they couldn't really figure it out. One lad eventually did figure it out. Uh, he won the Fields Medal for it. It turns out that mathematics is the thing that describes protein folding, which is why we have the vaccine that we have for Omicron, right? So like all of the, like it's the depth of it, you know, everything from atoms, the tiniest thing to the biggest thing to galaxies. It's all described by the same set of concepts, which is, fucking class wow. like it is it's just class anyway Charles, I'm, i keep getting distracted by by this excitement <laughs> he, he's coming up with this theorem right when a theorem again is like well if if you if you agree with very, a very precisely worded statement then logically the following is true that's what a theorem is and you can use a theorem because uh, the theorem is like is like a the, like a bowl right and you can put water in any bowl you can fill it out right and it'll be great so yeah we 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 have uh we have we have these kind of cool things you can move them around what's true if a theorem is true it's true everywhere that's the cool thing about them right so uh charles is trying to figure out this really complicated proof and he's this theorem he's like oh i need to prove this theorem he stated it properly but he can't figure it out so monday to thursday He's working on this thing 20 hours a day. He can't get it out of his head. He's doing it all the time. And then he just, just says, fuck it. And he goes on the lash with his friends. <laughs> he goes absolutely wild, right? Drinking pints, shots, the, the whole thing. He wakes up in the morning, hung over to bits with the answer in his head, right? Hashtag oh. subconscious for the win, right? But <laughs> the problem is, the problem is... <laughs> The, pro 
The problem is there is a uh, there is uh, an issue, which is that the, the, his solution is incredibly convoluted. It's not like one plus two plus three equals, yeah? Mm. That's not it. It's incredibly convoluted. So he's not totally sure if he's right. So what they do is, what they do is, <clears throat> they what they do is they turn around and they say, hello, um, I want a computer to help me prove this. And there's a, pr- a, a computer proving software called Lean. So Charles says, could anybody help me do this, right? And all these guys, and, and, and mathematicians don't like this computer or software, right? They don't, they don't, they don't like the software because they're like, oh no, no, we're we're like lone geniuses, pencil and bit of paper kind of thing. They don't like the idea that their 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 amazingness can be abstracted out to a computer program because, of course, the minute that happens, they're toast, right? Sure. But Charles is like, this is so complicated. I'm too hungover to be dealing with this shit. Can somebody else do it? Do you know? Mm. Um, there you go. So yeah, happy days. There is this really interesting thing that Charles then goes and works with these two dudes and this whole community of mathematicians. And this is the bit, this is the brilliant bit. This is the bit that like, we don't, we should all be cheerful about. So yeah. G- lone genius goes in the lash, comes up with a proof of the theorem in a film. He'd be like writing that shit down on a, on a window or something. Yeah. This is not what actually happened. What actually happened was he went, uh, can I have some help please? And then these guys, all around the world were like, yeah, cool, we'll help. And so they all got together and like stitched Charles's proof together in this cool program called Lean and then proved it, right? And it took like a year for everyone to do this. And Charles, like he wrote this blog post at the start going like, I really hope someone can help me do this. Yeah. You know, so that they wouldn't waste all their time. You know, and then he he then he made a big public statement and he said, look, this is really important. I, I you know, I really want to do this. Um, uh, I really want to do this. Uh, uh, and if anybody can help, I'd love that. And because he's so famous and, and prestigious, people are like, yeah, cool. Happy days. So they all get, get you know, get, get involved and they sort of, you know, uh, they prove it. And it's this lovely thing where it's like, you know, a collective effort where people just got involved because they wanted to see the answer, not necessarily because of credit. And it's, yeah, it's pretty great. It's actually pretty great as a, as a thing, you know. Um, I, I was very, very, very happy um, when I read this because it's a big collaboration nobody was like the big guy you know it's like Charles is, is he is super famous in his own right you know um but but like wh- what actually happened was a group of people got together and then they produced this thing that was like brand new using a piece of software which is also brand new yeah you know and that like that is a reason to be incredibly cheerful because it means like as a species we do make progress collectively it's messy mm-hmm. and it's complicated and it's Sometimes extraordinarily frustrating, <laughs> but but progress is possible. There's a philosopher called John Gray, and if you ever read his stuff, there's two John Grays. <laughs> One John Gray is the LSE philosopher who who has a who has ama- amazing books uh, like Red Dawn and. Um, uh, uh, the soul of the marionette. There's another guy who's like, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Don't read that guy. <laughs> Don't read that guy, right? Read this guy. So John Gray, he doesn't think progress is possible. 
he thinks you as a human are too limited and, and people never change and fundamentally oh, yeah. there's no such thing as human progress right it, that's bullshit and and so they're so like anti each other it's it's because the 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 men are from mars john gray is really like yeah everything's great you know you you can you can change you can she, you can change him she can change you you can change yeah. her it'll be amazing john respect, gray's like re- respect yeah. respect the man cave yeah respect the man cave respect the man cave um yeah so so i love the idea that i'm sort of like i think i think economics sort of you are not I think economics believes deeply that progress is possible in society. We call it economic growth, but it's basically just progress, right? It's basically saying, somebody saying, listen, it is actually possible for you to go from A to B and or for society to improve. And if you don't believe that, I think there's a, cert, a certain nihilism creeps into all of us, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, would that be a bit of a reaction to like, say, a big tenet of revision is is you know that you you come to a revelation or you you change through your beliefs like could it be a little bit of a a, a kick back against that I, you know yeah. that i don't know i mean a lot of the time people are a product of their environment and if if the if the environment is predominantly telling them choose god or buddha or whoever and you will be enlightened or you will have a revelation or you will have salvation i was like ah no you can't that's yeah. all just you all know just you're just soul nonsense yeah there's um uh i read a book years ago called the little history of religion and my son um, is really interested in it as well and we talk about comparative religions all the time um and i'm actually really interested in zoroastrianism actually it's really interesting um, <laughs> but, but uh but i'm interested in it like uh, i'm interested in the same way that i'm interested in the the shawls computing thing i'm just like wow that's cool it's a cool thing to know i i, I think belief systems are fascinating they're they're uh in in accounting they're called institutional practice it's like it's whatever people do is the real, you know, the rule that says you treat capital acquisitions tax like this. It just is, it is as much reality as anything else, right? Mm. If you believe that the central bank will change interest rates to correct inflation, that's as true as a physical law of reality because yeah. you change your behavior based on your belief about the institutional practice. Sure. Similarly, if you happen to believe that there's a big dude with a beard up there who's judging your ass for not doing stuff, you're going to change your behavior. It's exactly the same, mm. right? Like it's literally the same thing, you know? And I, I think that's very, very important. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of cool. Um, uh, there are certain religions that believe in personal progress and they mandate that. Um, and they're typically, uh, they're typically, built around the idea of trade they come from trading nations so if you trade you get wealthier and if you get wealthier then that's great um so you know you tend to find religions sort of you know uh, that religions based around trading nations tend to validate some kind of theory of human progress because like they can see it whereas other religions uh, don't so you know i mean i take uh, take the, the the basic lutheran predestination theory right um you you're 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 toast done doesn't matter what you do you're born you're toast or you're not um yeah. or or um uh, hinduism you're you're you're, you're on a wheel right and it doesn't really matter you know i mean it, you you can alter the trajectory of the wheel a bit but like not that much fundamentally you're in your cast get over it buddy um i i, I like the, 
the Buddhist idea that says, basically, do your best, lad. You'll be grand. You know, <laughs> I quite like that. Don't get too attached to anything. <laughs> Relax. It's all a bit much, isn't it? You'll be grand. You'll be grand. You'll be grand. You know, your existence is suffering. Get over that. I quite like the Gnostics. The Gnostics who, they, they believe the world is fundamentally evil. Oh. Satan won. And that we live in hell. And our basic job is to not make things worse, which I just think is brilliant. Like, I just think <laughs> I just that's some dark shit right there. Or, um, or look at the uh, the Mormons. I'm really interested in in Mormonism. Uh, Mormonism is is a theory of managed progress, right? So Smith Smith is all like, yeah, just you know, you got to live in my city, and you live in you live by these rules, and uh, you'll be grand, you know, and. It's true, right? It's true that like like educational outcomes in Iowa, Salt Lake City, vastly, vastly better than everywhere else in America. So, you know, uh, or Quakerism. I mean, the Quakers uh, and their theory of social progress, uh, you know, we're just around Thanksgiving. Um, well, we're through Thanksgiving, I believe. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, that's fundamentally about, um, you know, people fleeing religious persecution and then founding a theory uh, founding a society based on the theory of progress which comes from the the quakers you know another 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 um of those kind of very progressive hard-working religions so yeah i'm i'm a i'm a fan of 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 any belief system that builds in progress as its, it's idea it's funny uh the total aside um I would have had a lot of interactions with religion when I was younger. And there was one group uh, who they were a rock band. I knew they were from Dublin, a Christian rock band, and they were touring America. So they were going around to churches and they were touring in this van, which wasn't the most amazing van. And when they arrived at the venue, <laughs> the venue said, um, we preach the prosperity gospel here. Which means, you know, if you are blessed by God, you're rich, basically. So, uh, could you park the van around the back? Because <laughs> they didn't want their their uh, their church goers to see this rickety old van uh, bringing the band, because uh, oh. it will it will go against their um, their. That's music. amazing. I know. That's amazing. Um, and, and just out of curiosity, with this whole shows thing and with this whole mathematical thing and the world, the connectivity of it, and that. Um, as we're looking like this is a proof that um as we're looking forward as well as 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 well as to the past mm. uh like you know I, um what what does it mean for like things like ai and these things that are just going to become more and more part of our life whether we're into it or not oh well so one of the things that one of the things that's true about ai is is how it enhances us mm. right so i mean if you can think about Think about that. I, I mentioned the thing about topology, right? Like knots and stuff, you know, take a donut, you know, or whatever, and then just turn the donut left and right in both of your, in both hands, right? It, it forms a little knot in the middle or take a bit of, take a bit of a string and knot it together. You, the way that thing connects up once it has been knotted, and there's a thing called knot theory, in fact, is really, really, really complicated. Um, and sometimes the, um, sometimes the the work that uh that is done there like it's really relevant to like dna protein folding all that sort of stuff but the maths are forbidding and uh very very recently 
um, AI software actually collaborated with mathematicians. So the math mathematicians came up with a theorem that said, well, you know, this knots, this structure of knots looks really, really unintuitive. Like it doesn't look like a thing that should be real. Mm -hmm. And the AI system actually checked it to make sure it was real. And it turns out, yeah, it's it's true, you know? And if you think about these things where you have a really like, you know, where you have a really, really, really unintuitive, like super complicated thing that a human mind just isn't big enough to, to encounter and to encapsulate, um, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, this whole area of maths opens up. And again, like the applications, like are who knows what the applications of this thing are going to be, but they're all there, you know. Like this thing, the the knot structure, like a lot of it is 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 being used in biochemistry and, and pharmaceuticals because it's it's about the structure of the world, and we're part of the world. So the more you learn about the world, the better things are going to be for you, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, AI is, you know, um, AI can kind of like help help us understand not just really complicated things in one domain like you know prove a really complicated theorem about knots right i mean fundamentally that's like you know travel down the the path that we've set for you but it can also find connections between things which you didn't know was there and that's mm. pretty cool too you know um yeah i mean i think that that's that's pretty impressive like that's pretty impressive um because you wouldn't have thought about it without this extra tool like that's class. I'm not. I don't subscribe to the AI is going to eat our brains kind of thing. You know, I think it's just going to make like some boring stuff easy, some uh, extremely tedious stuff will just go away. Some of the things that there and there will be things that we simply can't see. You know, um, the only problem is who owns the stuff, and that's not AI's fault. <laughs> That's it's n it, yeah it's funny because i i kind of oscillate between things uh between the two sides so obviously i'm a big fan of progress and technological improvements and you know if a farmer has a tractor then that means the fields can get plowed a lot quicker totally. and it's not being pushed and you know there yeah. but um and and there are i suppose though it, it the there are things that when we take the time to do them are 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 good for our brain you know there are actions that when you take a moment to um to kind of do a task be it physical or whatever it, it's 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 good and and it, it sets off things in our brain that can't be done by um by doing it quickly or mm. I, I need to give an example but it, it's interesting i remember like i don't know millions of episodes ago you were saying that you know in the future and you'll just run out of washing powder and your washing machine will send a message to a shop and the, and the washing powder will arrive by drone or whatever yeah. <laughs> or this idea of a smart fridge telling me i'm running low on milk i think it's good if I know what I am running out of, I, I think it's good for my brain to be aware of if I'm providing for my needs and that of my family. And, you know, I like I feel there's this kind of balance between the two, uh, mm. apart from the fact I, I'm not a fan of drones and the notion of them flying around willy nilly and buzzing around my door and everywhere and the, just what that would do to the soundscape of the world does not appeal to me either um 
And I know we adjust, we adjust. I'm sure if someone from 100 years ago was walking around Ireland now, they just put their fingers in their ears going, what is this noise? And even the noise pollution of phones and all that, you know, I know we, we tune it out, but I do find that, uh, you know, even music, like, the, the and so this is what I'm saying, yeah. So to, to, to go and buy music, to go and, and read your, your inlay card, to put it on, the value that you put on those songs, the value you put, as opposed to, Someone will send me a new album by one of my favorite artists on the on a text on WhatsApp on Spotify, and I'll go, "Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool." Well, I might not listen to it, yeah. even though I, I would have gone to the shop to buy this person's CD number. So, I'm and I'm not, as I said, I'm not like some nostalgic uh, future um, skeptic, uh, always looking to the '90s were the best time of the of the world or something. That said, I do think that for our, I find my brain gets a bit flabby and lazy when everything is done for it. And I don't have to take the time to physically even write down things. Uh, There are all these little things that are, maybe our brains are becoming incredibly developed in other ways. But I do feel the loss of skills I had because I used to manually do a lot of things that now yeah. are just automatically done by my phone. Yeah. There's actually a whole book out called What We Have Lost. Oh. And it's all about that. It's all about the fact that we don't write things down anymore. So our handwriting's gone to bits or mm. the short-term memory of, of children is failing or um, depression levels amongst uh, teenage girls um, have been conclusively statistically linked with the use of Instagram. Um, stuff like this, you know, uh, the, the, there, there are downsides to everything. The, the upside is that we get to choose, right? Mm. So, so you get to choose, you're like, screw this. I'm going to buy vinyl. I'm going to buy a CD. I don't want to deal with this Spotify nonsense. Um, I'm not into it. Whereas in the nineties, you had one choice CDs. You couldn't even get vinyl actually. Um, you were like, you're going to use the CD or nothing. Um, you know. So there's the odd tape floating around the odd as tape well. <laughs> from Atlantic 252, you know, bootlegged. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that is true. The, the, I, I think, um, I think what's, what's, what's really interesting is um, watching kids look at technology and then look away from it. So it's very interesting because they're they're discerning. You know, they'll go, they'll look at it and go, mm, yeah, I see that's quite useful. But also just turn it off, put it away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, I mean, also just, just having a simple rule. Nothing, no devices upstairs. Very simple. Hard rule. That's it. It works great. I, I, the thing is, though, I'm like kids are not who I'm worried about. It's me. It's me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but no, I am no worried about kids. Panic involved. Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. I, I, I am. No, absolutely. Like, I, I, I would not be pointing. Look at the children on their phones as I'm as I'm looking at the photo of them on their phones yeah, on my yeah, phone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I. The reason I think all these all these technologies ring alarm bells and say the addictive nature of them, not all yeah. technologies, but the addictive sure. nature of technologies sure. is, of course they're addictive. Of course we're all addicted. Like it's, yeah. you're not special if you're addicted to it. It's kind of hard not to be. Yeah. So even right now, if you're in our, if I'm, if we're in your ear, we're probably on Spotify or, or something, um, which makes things very handy. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose I will all this is the nature of any change and certainly the older I get the more I feel my familiar link with 
what's cool and what's happening being kind of wrenched a bit away and I'm feeling a little bit more oh back in my day is coming into my vocabulary more and more but um I, I it's it's that sense of the the doing things slowly and meditatively are are just um like not not like oh let's live in the past like in, in an amish sense or anything like that and let's let, let's do things the way we used to um but i do find if i there's some exercises i do creatively which involve handwriting and 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 i sometimes try to challenge myself not to do cursive so to do uh it just to slow me down a bit more all these things okay because i get i get impatient and i start speeding up and it gets illegible and and yeah. uh because I, I suppose what i feel i have found is my impatience is what has been um uh, what has been kind of fanned by all this and oh yeah and yeah. i feel the more convenient the world becomes that you know naturally the, the moment like an episode buffers it's like ah smash something this is ridiculous how <laughs> very dare you i think it's funny how every uh generation like obviously technology just kids get it it is in their it is in their their thing like i remember when i was young my mom used to call me in to, to work the video recorder do you know so yeah. they just get it quicker because it's 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 simple but look yeah. the future is bright is what we're ultimately saying while yeah. staying grounded and remembering yeah. the, um, the future is bright and everything everything is better when we do it together i think that's the key thing the shawls the difference between shawls and nash um abstracting of course from the, the horrible mental health uh, um, situation that Nash experienced is Nash did it all on his own hmm. and Charles is doing it with a group of mates and going out yeah. for pints in the middle of it yeah. can we just say yes yeah. to that yes, yes to, to taking pints. a break yes well obviously yes to pints but no but whatever it is taking a little break from something coming back to it is is very important because very important stuck. And, and taking a break from technology but um, Stephen I dare I say happy Christmas and happy new year and at this early stage, but uh, I hopefully we'll see you. But uh, yeah. as regards, if you're listening, we will not be uh, chatting to you again until the new year. And um, we do hope you have a happy and a safe Christmas and a cracking 2022 ringing in of, and let's hope it's an even brighter year than what we've had lately. <laughs> Great. Really well. <laughs> Happy Christmas, Stephen. See you. You have been listening to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is performed and composed by David Blake. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. You can now follow the show on Twitter at Anne Steve Talk. Yet Stephen at Stephen Kinsler. He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne at AnneBlake78, that's an Anne without an E, and the Limerick Post at Limerick Post. <laughs>